This program is sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries. This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Set me free. Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Thank you for joining us, coming to you from the Valley of the Sun in another 110-degree day. So today I have on the line, calling in from Arkansas, Mr. Tim Peterson. Tim is a pastor, counselor. He's a missionary, been a missionary to Uganda, in addition to being a husband and father and a man of God. And we're also blessed to have him as a part of our team, where he does counseling, leads two-day intensives, and leads our men's groups, our courses. And so, Tim, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Good to be back. So before we get into the heavy stuff, you got to tell that story about the Black Mamba in Uganda. Oh, okay. <laughs> the one that was in our kitchen, and our son was opening the door, refrigerator door, and I, the light uh, in the dark, shown right on a, a small black mamba that was two inches from his foot and just couldn't get purchased on the floor because it was a concrete floor. And so I was able to get him out of there and then we killed it with a broom and a slipper. Didn't know even what kind of snake it was because we were so new to Uganda, but it would have killed him. Mm. So thanks. Thanks be to God's protection, and I'm sure I'll get to heaven and see an angel's hand between the black mamba and Micah's foot. So, so how do you define small? What three feet long? Four feet long? Oh no, 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 no! This one was only about a foot and a half. So, yep, it was one of the young ones that would have released all its venom mm. all at once. Yeah. Wow, that was that'll wake you up. That will wake me up. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yep. Yeah. So what do you see uh going on in your groups these days specifically? What are men struggling with? Oh, I I think the biggest thing that I find is that um they just keep coming back to, well, I can't get rid of this. I can't get rid of this and all of their focus is on getting rid of sin. And um, and I realize that they're just getting frustrated and, and angry and um, say, well, you know, I'm trying to do everything that Mike tells me, but I can't get rid of sin. And um, so we talk it through, and usually it's me moving them towards okay, so what's happening spiritually, what's happening emotionally in you, 
and let's deal with bringing God's light in to who you are, to the core of who you are, rather than just um, trying to get rid of the um, the black mamba in your kitchen, <laughs> the thing that's killing you. Yeah. <laughs> so turn the light on. That's the first thing. Then you can see what what's going on. Uh, so God's light shining on the problem and also exposing the, the lies of the enemy that, wow, this is a good thing. This is what, what takes care of my problems. What, um, what helps me in, in my, um, depression state or my dis- discouragement or whatever it is. Hmm. Well, I know that in our questionnaires and forums, we ask a question of both men and women, when is the last time you spent an hour alone with the Lord? And around, it seems, 70% of the men um, have a comment or an, an answer that it's been a long time or never. So as a part of what you do, helping them to even learn how to connect with God and listen to Him? Oh, absolutely. That That is probably one of the biggest barriers and most of the time, it's because I'm too busy. Mm. And um, and then there's others that are that's scary. I tried it for five minutes and I couldn't I couldn't stay there. And and that I think is a, a pretty typical place, especially for our culture these days. Maybe it's been there for ever since the beginning of time, but. It just seems like it's very difficult for us to stop and be silent. And how do smartphones and screens play into all that? Well, that, obviously, that's the go-to. Um, that's the response to, to set down a phone to get away from a computer, um, to get away from a TV, even for a short time is uh, unheard of for some guys. Um, there are other guys that have are, have been able to do that, but then when it comes to God, it is a very different thing. And I think part of it is they've never learned to relate with God. It's always been a religion, a, a, a deity that I go to and put my requests down and then leave and see if he does something. So that's what I hear probably most. Mm. Um, maybe not in those words, but <clears throat> yeah. It's a, it's a difficult thing for people to even stop to think about what's going on inside of them. Um, it's better, they think, to have music going so they don't have to deal with the issues that they that have plagued them all their life. Mm. And then silence starts bringing all that stuff up to the surface, right? Yeah, absolutely. The the silence, um, a spiritual discipline. If you if you've ever looked into spiritual disciplines, the that is a a common thing through the theme of the Christian church, but we don't talk about it very often anymore. And to actually make it a practice of our lives to 
stop and to be in silence and to even let go of our own thoughts is very difficult. They just run. Mm. Yeah. As you're talking, I'm thinking about Jesus's example for all of us, where he went away alone to desolate places often, even to the point of spending a whole night in prayer. So he had a ton of silence. And then how did he prepare for ministry? It was 40 days alone in the desert in pure, raw silence. So what what has happened that there's a disconnect when we're going to churches and studying these passages, but they're not getting through? I wonder if it's just we have so much information flowing for us. And I've even talked to a number of guys recently that— I've said, okay, so where is your relationship with God? Well, I'm reading a lot of books, and and I say, so when's the last time you read some some scripture? Well, I do it sometimes, but usually I'm I'm going to books, and and yet, I mean, I think that it, it ends up being a distraction because we're just trying to feed on something, but we don't allow our our, our heart to actually process what we're taking in and let God then speak to us in the midst of the silence. Uh, I remember a time, oh, this was back when I was in college, that I I was desperate because I had no direction, and I was toward the end of my schooling, and I just said, okay, i got to get away to a park, and God, I'm I'm going to sit in silence. I don't care how long I have to sit here. If I have to be in the park all night long, I'm going to sit here and wait for you. And um, and, and he surprised me. He showed up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I'm I know he was already there, but but he actually gave me something that then he even tangibly reinforced afterwards. It wasn't just a an inkling in my mind, it was reinforced with something very tangible afterwards that that supported what was going on in my mind. So I couldn't go back and say, what, or Satan couldn't come back and say, well, that was just in your mind. That was, you just made that up. Hmm. So, so thanks be to God that he was obvious me in that time, and, and he's been teaching, I think, both of us. I mean, you've got plenty of examples of God meeting you in the wilderness. Mm. Yeah, and um, the enemy does try to thwart that, doesn't he, by keeping us oh, in yeah. fear, and you don't want to go there. And, and then sometimes, and what I want to bring up, is sometimes we kind of thwart this in the church, where some people you will hear them say that, well, God doesn't really speak to anyone anymore. That was just a time in Scripture, so God does not speak to his people anymore. You just read your Bible, mm-hmm. and that's it. So what is your take on that? Well, I think it's difficult when even the people that say, well, we just read our Bible, then so how do we know that God's speaking to us through the Bible? And how does it become personal in our relationship with him? If he's not speaking, I'm even speaking through the Bible. Um, how do we know? And and I think that's part of the distance that we've established in the church. That well, we just read it, and if if we learn principles, 
then we just do those principles and everything will be okay. But it, it becomes very academic. And I would say, as you and I often talk between head and heart, it's just all up in our head. Mm. And it doesn't become personal. It's just a thought to have. But when, when we offer opportunities that God can speak, even as he says in Romans that it's the heavens that declare, um, the, all of creation is speaking about God. So how, how do we get the picture? How do we get the word from him that he is actually speaking to us through creation? Um, I think it's, it's noticing his presence. Um, it wasn't too long ago I just was saying, God, I need to meet you. I need to just see that your presence here. And I noticed a little blue butterfly um, flying along the ground, and it shocked me because it was so um, stark against the, the gray of the stone that I was walking on. And then it landed and disappeared. And, and I, so I looked down close at it, and then all of a sudden it started fluttering again. And I went, wow, that is just amazing how it can disappear, but then all of a sudden it's there again, and the beauty of it. And God, you're amazing to, to create something like this at this moment to give it to me when I'm asking to see your presence. That, that tells me God's answering me, just even in that. Mm. Well, what I see from Scripture from the very beginning to the end is God speaks directly to his people, men and women, all the time. And there's no verse I can have ever seen that says, I'm done. Mm, <laughs> and, yep. I, and like you said, it's academic, and then there's no life in it, just like going to a classroom on Sunday. And mm-hmm. So one verse it, is, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find yeah. me. Talk about the all your heart part. Yeah, that that's the verse that came to mind when you said that too. I just haven't gotten to it yet, but good job. But yeah, all, all all my heart, I think in those places where we are desperate, and I've heard a lot of men that are desperate, whether their wives are saying, "No, I'm done. Um, you're trying, but it's not good enough. That you're not, or you're not even trying, or um, I'm just done because I'm hurt so much." Um, that desperation, then what do I do? Do I go after God with, with everything that I am? God, I am desperate. I need to get away with you, with you to in silence or any other way to find, to meet you, find a way to meet you, to search for you with conversations with other people and say, how do you get to God? How do you hear from God? How, how do you relate to God? And and that becomes a central focus of what, what we are. It doesn't mean that we don't go to our job and work, but even in the midst of the job, we're coming back to, God, I'm desperate because my wife is, is talking about divorce, and I need you. I, I know I'm crunching numbers here on the spreadsheet, but I need you right now in this moment because I'm, I don't know what's going to happen with my marriage. <clears throat> and many times I'll try and encourage people to spend at least an hour a day in prayer. And it's not the hour, it's just spending more time with him. And, and a common 
um, responses, I don't have the time, yet the average American will spend 900 years, 900 hours a year on social media, another, another 900 hours a year on TV. And then they did a study and um, they found that they're estimating that 21-year-old young men are will have spent 10,000 hours on video games by the time they're 21. So how much of this – talk about setting priorities and setting aside all the the stuff in our life that is keeping us and blocking us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I believe that whole thing is a distraction – well, distraction from the enemy, but maybe a distraction of our own choosing to say, I, I don't know how to deal with me. I don't know how to deal with life. And so I've got to find some way to compensate. And this is the easiest way. I'll just distract myself. And whether it's social media, whether it's TV, whether it's video games, or or it could be anything, shopping, um, you know, talking to my friends about nothing or everything. Um, but we're actually not engaging with who God is. And, and when you talk about prayer, I think, a lot of people think, well, I'm, I've got to go through a list of of praying for something, and yet to to stop and to say, God, is there anything you want to say to me? Is there any scripture that you want to lead me to? Is there any way that I can see what my part is in whatever these problems that I'm having? Uh, what else can I learn about you? And asking those questions and then stopping. And the hard thing is, I just had a conversation recently with with a man that got away for a retreat, and and it's it was his second retreat. He felt the first retreat failed miserably, um, and I I told him I really believe that was Satan's trying to defeat that time that you wanted to have with God. And so he went again, and he got very frustrated with the fact that God didn't show up. And and I said, so how do you know he didn't show up? If you believe Scripture, which he said he did, and I said, then God says he doesn't leave us or forsake us. So he was actually there. And... He said, well, I didn't see it. I didn't didn't feel it. And, and so he just left early. And and I I got so sad because I thought that that doesn't mean that God wasn't there and wasn't very, very present. And and I said, What if he was there just smiling and going, I'm so glad you came. And I'm just gonna sit here with you and be with you. Um but I think we often can feel like we we want a tangible representation of God. And we miss that opportunity to just be in, recognize that God's here, believe the truth that God's here, even if I don't see a physical manifestation or feel a physical manifestation of Him. Mm. Well, as I'm listening to that story, I'm thinking two things. One is the enemy is throwing a dart at him saying, 
you're on your own. He's not here. Yep. And then once we yep. bite on that, then it's we fall into a hole of discouragement. And the second one is what I've learned is perseverance. Mm-hmm. Keep asking. Keep waiting. He doesn't talk or speak according to our schedule. Yep. And it goes back to that all your heart thing. No matter how long I got to wait, God, I know you're here. I want to mm-hmm. know you. Mm-hmm. I want to be with you. Yep. Yep. And I think it's also being around people that can point out, wait, wait a second, you were talking about this happening. That seemed like that was God. And what about this, too? That seems like that was God. Um, so part of it is us just recognizing what we, I think we overlook. Well, God's not meeting me. Well, no, actually, he's meeting us. Every breath that we take, he's meeting us. And so gratefulness, I think, is the part of it, recognizing that God is doing things in our lives. That helps us to then see when he does something out of the ordinary, and it, it we recognize it is from him. It's not just something that happened. Let's talk about discernment for a moment. So let's hear. Let's say you hear some. You're alone. You're in silence, and you hear some thoughts running through your mind. And then now you've got to determine: okay, is this you, Lord, or is this me? What is your approach on how you deal with that? I I don't. I don't see a distinction between God or me if it's good, if it's consistent with Scripture and the character of God, Um, and that includes all of the character of God. If it all comes fuzzy love, (laughs) it's not God. If it's all condemnation, it's not God, because God brings grace, and He also brings truth. And... And so I, I believe, even if we think it's coming from our own um, our own thoughts, which are not consistent with God's character, then I think we can say the enemy is involved somewhere in there. Is it all the enemy's fault? No, because we buy into his lies. But it is pointing back to him. If we agree with the lies, we're going his kingdom. If we agree with the truth, we're going toward God's kingdom. So I, we, we think that we're somehow separate in all of that, and we come up with these great ideas about ourselves. Um, but I, I, I do believe they're either based on lies or based, based on truth. Well, I think part of it, too, is as we settle in and over time in the weeks and months, we learn how to be able to rest in silence. You start being able to discern between what is me, what is the Lord, and what is the enemy, and what is just my mind misfiring. What is your take on Mm. that? Yeah. Well, I I think, yeah, I I think you still have to come back to to what is truth and what is a lie. Is it consistent with the character of God, his goodness, his righteousness, his faith, his, his grace, his love? Um, what is consistent with that? And again, it has to be consistent with the whole, whole counsel of Scripture, because we can say, well, that's not love, because it's not fuzzy and, and nice. But actually, the cross was love. That was the greatest example of love. And 
I, I don't think Jesus would say that was fuzzy or nice. Um, and so it, it, it is, I think, coming back to that, okay, yeah, help me understand your truth right here, God, because I'm thinking this is what you're saying to me, but is it condemnation, self-condemnation, that I'm the only one on the face of the earth that can't be saved in this moment? or from this sin, or, or whatever it is. Um, I think that deception can get so strong in us that we we think, well, that's God. He's rejecting me. He's finally rejected me. But I think as long as we're breathing, we still have an opportunity to receive whatever grace that he is giving us. Well, well said, my friend, and we're out of time here. So we're going to continue this conversation with Tim next week. Thank you, Tim, for joining us, and we'll see you next time, my friends. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144. This program was sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries.